Welcome to the November 27th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 20, and the sermon is entitled, Place of Refuge, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I want to invite you just real quick, because I, I think it's important, turn to your neighbor and say, uh, hello, good morning, and ask them, did they come expecting something? Some people came expecting something, and some are just enjoying the con- their, their neighbor, right? That's all good. That's good. That's what church is about. We should be there to enjoy one another. I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to stand before you today. And I want you to know this. I believe that God is using Joshua, the book of Joshua, not only to open my eyes and heart, but yours as well. And my prayer is this, that the life of Joshua, and even last week, the life of Caleb, and even today as we talk about cities of refuge, that it will open up our eyes and more importantly, our hearts to who God is and who God needs us to be. Where that relationship uh, that we have with him needs to go. And my, my prayer is that this message today from Joshua chapter number 20, you can go on and go there, Joshua chapter number 20 will get us focused on these cities of refuge, the place of refuge uh, that has been arranged for us all. Growing up, I'm grateful to grow up being a a farm slash country kid, okay? If you haven't taught, my accent gives me away. I, I I can't change that. But I'm grateful to grow up on a farm and land and able to run. And many of, many of today's teenagers don't even understand what that's like. Now, my mama and, and my, my aunts and uncles will tell you I don't understand what life was like when they were little either. But I will tell you this. We grew up uh, building forts, just doing things that guys done. And we took the upper part of a barn. We, we put boards in it. We put a trap door in it. We put a lock on it. And you had to have this secret code to get into the place, into the fort. We spent nights in that. And we had great times in that, in that place, in that fort, in that place of refuge for a teenager's mind. We also went down to a gully. We put sticks over top of it, covered it with, with leaves, and told no one where it was. As I set the stage for the message today, those places in a teenager's or a young kid's heart and mind cannot be replaced. And when I talk about them, you see a smile comes on my face and the memories come back. We had a lot of great times there. But today, I want to I uh, try to communicate a place in cities of refuge for people that maybe you can relate to just like I can, just like that Ford and ju- just like that hideout as a kid that, that, that I enjoyed and I wanted to be to get away from it all. I could just go there and be a kid. Maybe there's somebody in this room today. Maybe there's somebody that's watching live stream today that needs a place of refuge. And I want to give you that place in Scripture today. Let's go to Joshua chapter number 20 as we think about God's Word. I want to read real quick before I read. I want to say this. We've looked at Joshua. We've looked at the separating of the land. We looked at Caleb's life. The Levites will get their their land in chapter number 21. We talked about that. But all the land is divided. And in the middle of all the division of land, there are six places, six cities that are very important. And I want to keep, I want you to keep in the back of your mind as we read this and as we go through these points today, how does that relate to Jesus? How does that relate to you and I today? How can we relate to this? So take your Bibles, Joshua chapter number 20. We're going to look at the first three verses. The Lord also spake 
unto Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses, that the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be, uh, they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. Now I want you to know as we look at this beginning of chapter number 20 today, we need to understand that a refuge is a place of protection, a place that is safe for somebody, for a refugee. A lot of times we hear that word refugee, we hear about it overseas and in time of war and destruction. People flee to a place looking for protection and for safety. And that's where we get refugee from. But today we see a city or some cities that are prepared for people that need a refuge. Now, verse number three, we learn that these cities are for particular people. It is for the slayers, for those that have committed an accidental killing. You need to pay attention here. An accidental killing. Very much of this conversation between Joshua and between God is protected, uh, is providing a place of protection for those people that have accidentally killed somebody. Now, I want to be very clear. The Bible in the Old Testament is clear. There's no question of what should happen to the murderer. Okay? The murderer should give his own life in repayment. But the accidental murder or death of somebody, there were refuge set out through the land of Canaan, these cities for the people who would unintentionally take someone else's life. You know, back in this day, Bible day, there was no police department. There was no FBI. There was no investigator. And so this person committing an accidental murder would go and need a place to go for protection. And so God through Moses, and now Joshua is to build and protect these cities, have these cities available for the people as he is dispersing the land. Now, I hope I haven't confused you there, but there's more to the story. If you want to read about these cities, just jot these down real quick. You can go read about these cities of refuge in Numbers chapter number 35, in Deuteronomy chapter number 19, and in Joshua chapter number 20. But I want to set the stage real quick. In Exodus chapter number 21, God does his best to uh, lay a foundation of what it is to be a murderer and to commit an accidental killing. Listen to these words. Exodus chapter 21, verse number 12 says, He that smiteth a man, listen to these words, so that he dies shall be surely put to death. There's no question about the murderer. But in verse number 13, it says, And if a man lie not in wait, but God delivered him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. So there's a difference in murder and what I'm going to call manslaughter or accidental death. There are differences there, and God lays that foundation in Exodus chapter number 21. Now I'm going to take a time out and get away from my notes. I know Joshua deals a lot with killing. But friends, you and I cannot turn on the news today without seeing it front and center in our face. And so it's something for us to know about. 
But it's something for us to know where to point people to. The cities of refuge are important to those people who think they are innocent. They did not do it on purpose. And so these six cities are set up and are in place. Remember, their lives are in jeopardy. And at the end of verse number three, their lives are in jeopardy by the avenger of blood. That's what it says at the end of verse number three. Who is the avenger of blood? Well, here's what would happen. If somebody uh, died in biblical days, the avenger of blood would, be, would probably be somebody that was kin to the person killed. Somebody that, that, that was kin, that was close kin to the person that was killed, that becomes the avenger of blood. And the way they figure it out is this. You go and you take action on that family. And the avenger of blood, whoever that is, would go after this person and would pursue this person to the point until they killed him. Now, it's not, it's not fun to read that, is it? But here's point number one today. The place has been prearranged. The place has been prearranged. God worked through his own will, through the life of Moses, and now through Joshua to establish these safe havens for the people that needed it. God saw the need for the place of refuge for these people and a place that the slayer would flee to or run to safety. I want you to see in verse, uh, in verse let, me, let me find it here. In verse number three, it says, The slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwillingly may flee. Now here is the idea about these cities. There are six of them, and they are positioned throughout the promised land in places that any one person that needs it can make it within a day's time. They could make it to one of these cities within a day's time. But also the idea for the one who did the killing is, guess what? You got to run. You can't take your time to get there. If your life hangs in the balance, you will move. Am I right? Nobody can get an amen from that. If your life is in the balance, you will move. You better keep that in the back of your mind for the invitation. If your life is in the balance, you will move. These prearranged cities are arranged by the hand of God in such a way that the book of Deuteronomy chapter 19 tells us that the roads to these cities had to be maintained. There could not be obstruction for anybody to get there. There had to be signage to where these cities were so people could make their way. There, there had to be an established route to get there so that there was no hindrance to the person that needed refuge. Now let's move on. Look at verse number 4. And when he that doth flee unto one of these cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Point number two today is this. It is a place of promise. So these cities of refuge are places of promise. What happens when the person reaches the gate of the city? Verse 4 tells us that he comes to the entrance of the gate and he begins to talk and have conversation with the elders of that city. As the elders were hearing this story, they would then make a decision what happened. Either let him into the city or to turn him away. These elders, remember, 
are, are, um, were from the tribe of Levi. So they were priestly people. And, and God ordained these six cities to be part of the, the tribe of Levite so that they would be the one that, that order the cities. And so as the person comes and they tell their story, they're either heard and they're welcomed in or they are pushed away. Now, if the elders decided it was murder, that person was put to death. But if it was a place uh, where the individual had a chance, had an opportunity to be heard and to be listened and to have a chance to be a free man, they would let him in. But soon after letting that free man in, guess what? The elders had to deal with. They had to deal with the avenger of blood that would be hot on his heels, ready to take his life. But this place served as a place of promise that they would be heard, that they, their story would be told, and instead of just uh, hanging around and, and kick back and taking it easy, they would stand uh, before these men and they would hear, their, they, their story would be heard. They would be individually, they would have to stand. Now today, I don't know what that means to you, but here's what it means to me. As these people had to stand on their own accord, it reminds me of how I will one day stand before my Savior. There's nobody that will stand with me as I stand before Jesus. I must tell Jesus my own story. I must tell Jesus what I did with His name. I must tell Jesus if I accepted it, if I believed on it, if I gave my life to Him. I must stand by myself. And so, friends, today I want you to see a city of promise that one day every person in this room, every person live stream, we will all stand before Jesus by ourselves one day. And He will hear your plea. What did you do with the name of Jesus? You and I will have to answer that question. We're not murderers, but we're guilty of sin, every single one of us. So moving on in our story in chapter 20, verses 5 and 6, it says, And if the avenger of blood pursues after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand, because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment. And until death of the high priest, that shall be in those days. And then shall the slayer return and come into his own city and to his own house and into the city from whence he fled. These, these two verses talk about a place of protection. A place of protection. Now this word does not promise that the family would not seek revenge or would not show up at the city. But if they did, the city was their protection for the individual against anyone who would try to harm them. The individual would uh, live in the city until the death of the high priest, and then he would be permitted to return to his own city. Here's what he was doing. He was giving up his freedom. He was giving up time. He was giving up all of that for a chance to live, to prove that he was innocent. All that was guaranteed in the city was that the avengers of blood would not get in. Friends, I don't know if you realize today, but there is somebody that is pursuing you. One way or another, there's somebody 
that's pursuing you. For a long time, your pastor ran from God. God was pursuing me. I knew it, and I ran. And then he got a hold of me. And then I realized quickly, there is an evil one that pursues every single one of us. And friends, you need a place of refuge. Today, in a very small way, I hope that Clifford Baptist Church is a place of refuge to you from the world. A place where you can come to and you know that God is here. And that you get just a little break from what the world throws at you. But on a grander scale, my prayer is this, that our minds and our hearts go to Jesus. And Jesus is that ultimate place of refuge. I love the last, two, last couple of verses of this uh, chapter 20. And they tell us this. And they appointed Kadesh in Galilee and Mount Naphtali and Shechem and Mount Ephraim and Kerjath Araba, which is, which is Hebron, and the mountain of Judah. And on the other side of Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad. And Golan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. And these were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel. And, you need to underline that word. And for the stranger that sojourneth among them. That whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither. Point number four today is this. Is there is a place for any person in these cities of refuge. The place for any person. These six cities of refuge were Kadesh, Shechem, Hebron on the west side of Jordan, Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan on the east side of Jordan. And these cities were chosen out of the tribe and out of the cities of the Levites so that they, the priestly families would be the leaders in those cities. They would hear the cases. They would make the decisions. And their way would be trusted among all the people. So today, as I think about a place for any person, I think verse number 9 is important. These cities were established not only for the children of Israel, but they were established for any person that would be in the promised land. Look at verse 9 again. It says this, These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them, that whosoever killeth any person at unawares might flee thither. The end of that verse says this, and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. So we see that, that this place is a place for any person, no matter if you are a child or Israelite, or if you were a stranger in the land, a stranger among the people. Now, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to take full advantage of something that doesn't really belong to you? Something that you didn't work for? Something that's just set aside? Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken advantage of something you don't deserve? Church, I want to encourage you today to take advantage of Jesus Christ and all that He offers every single one of us. Point number five does not come from this particular scripture but it comes from my heart. It comes from Psalm 142 today. Point number five is this. Jesus is yours and my place of refuge. Listen to me real quick. Jesus is our place of refuge. Throughout your Bible, 
you will find the name refuge mentioned some 42 times in Strong's Concordance. And out of those 42 times that it is mentioned, it often refers of one or two things. It refers to a place or it refers to a person. And that person is none other than Jesus Christ. David, in the book of Psalms, if you read your Psalms, you will see over and over how many times he encourages and that he himself went to a place of refuge. If a man after God's own heart needs a place of refuge, you and I need that today. We need Jesus. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do really quick. Go to Psalm 142. Psalm 142. And I want you to listen to these words from the heart of David. Psalm 142, starting with verse number 4. Psalm 142, verse number 4 says this, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that, I would, that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, and I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteousness shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Throughout your Bible, as I said, the place of refuge is clear. For the people in the Old Testament, it was six cities that they could run to and that they could get to to protect their life. But friends, today, and in, in, in the age after Jesus, here is my question. Where is that place for you? Where do you run to when everything is going wrong? Where do you run to to get away from it all? Where do you go? There's but one place that truly does the job, and His name is Jesus Christ. So real quickly, here's what I want you to see. Psalm 142 teaches me in verse number 4 that no man, David says no man twice, there's no man that can fill his need. There's no man there when Saul is in a cave, when Saul is after him, when Saul seeks to kill him. He writes, there is no man that cares for my soul. That's deep. That's deep. There's no man that cares for my soul. When I heard the number 7,000 and some unreached people group groups in the world, do we care for their souls? Absolutely we do. Absolutely. But friends, I want you to know there's no man, there's nothing that you can do, there's nothing that I can do to take care of ourselves. We need a place of refuge. David says in verse 5, Thou art my refuge, God. You are the only one that I can run to. You are the only one that I know that will be there. Verse number 6, and, he, and he, this is his heartfelt prayer. Please hear my cry. Remember, Saul is at his heels. Saul is after him. Saul wants to kill him. And all David says is, God, hear me. Hear me, protect me from the one that's seeking my life. The beginning of verse number 7, he says, Save my soul so I can praise thy name. Really quick, 
when we think about Jesus being our place of refuge, church, here's where I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with four things real quickly. Number one, if Jesus is your true refuge, you should be willing to run to him. Just as the guilty would flee to the city, leaving everything they known and everything they loved behind, that needs to be you and I. We need to run to the source of life that is Jesus Christ. Remember, these cities were within a day journey for every person. Time was limited. The last time I checked, not one person in this room, not one person live stream is guaranteed the very next breath that you draw. Time is limited. And today, if you need Jesus as your refuge, here is my heartfelt plea. Run to Him. Come to Him. David's word in Psalm 61 says, Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to something more than what I can do for myself. The second thing I want to tell you, if Jesus is our refuge, He is our refuge from death. Death is one of mortals or mortal man's greatest fears. Even within this room, there are Christian people that fear death. I don't fear death. I don't want to die, but I don't fear it. But even within this room, there are people that fear death. People watching live stream that fear death. It is one of mortals, mortal man's greatest fears. Yet there is one who has defeated death who took our payment to a cross, and who gives us life. And so here's my question today. If you, are, if you need a refuge from death, that is a good reason to run to Jesus. That was the reason they ran to the city. They feared for their life. Today, if you have a fear of death, that will take you to the foot of Jesus. The third thing is this. Jesus is a Savior for all People. As any person could come into the city on any time of day, they are welcome to this city. Today we are reminded that Christ is our refuge. And anyone that will trust Him, any person that will trust Christ with their life, Jesus will welcome that soul, that life in. And so today, I don't care what background you had. That song that, that Miss Carrie Hill sang today, that set the stage. That set the stage. Everybody should run to Jesus. No matter your background, no matter uh, what situation you come from, Jesus is a Savior for all people. Today, my question is this. Have you trusted Him? Have you trusted Him as that refuge in your life? Last point is this. So we look at these cities of refuge. The people were safe so long as they stayed in the city. At any time, they could choose to leave and go back home, go back to their family, go back to their loved ones. But if they chose to do that, their life no longer would be protected. So the last thing I want to share with you is this. Outside of Jesus, there is no guarantee. Today, I personally believe that with all my heart, outside of Jesus, you have no hope. There is no escape. And so many times, you and I think that we can do it on our own. Well, I'm going to give you a direct message from the pulpit, and that is this. You're not good enough. 
I'm not good enough. I can't do enough good to get myself to heaven. I can't think myself good enough to do anything to draw me anywhere near the presence of God. I can't do enough to save myself. And so today, my, my heartfelt plea is this. If your life is outside of the protection of Jesus Christ, you need to make the decision today to come to Him. That is a strong plea. But I believe it is the plea that Joshua 20 offers the person that is seeking salvation of their life. Today, we understand that the cities were prearranged, that they were promised, that there were places of protection, and that they were places for any people. But today, I would submit to you that Jesus Christ offers us the same guarantees today. In a moment of invitation, as we think about what God is doing in our life, as we enter into a very special season, we talk about hope. And so today, if you are here and you say, Pastor Jeffrey, I'm living life with no hope. I think I'll need Jesus. Let me encourage you. When the first note of the invitation plate, you make your way here and you talk. You come and you accept Jesus Christ into your life. You've got to believe. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. You've got to believe and then you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and He will change your life. He will become your place of refuge. But Christians today, we are turning to so many different sources of help instead of the one true source that is Jesus Christ. Today, maybe you want to pray for, for the refuge of Christ over your family. Pray for the refuge of Christ over what's going on in your life right now. I would encourage you to come seek refuge in the one that will pour out his love upon you. My prayer today, as we give this moment of invitation, that God would move in a way that would touch your life and bring you closer to him. I'm grateful for God's word. I'm grateful for the cities of refuge, but more importantly, I'm grateful for the reminder that Jesus Christ is the true refuge for you and I today. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your great hand of mercy that even while we were sinners, Lord, you went to a cross and died for every single person. Lord, I pray, Lord, within the mind and within the heart of the people that are in this room and the people that are watching live stream, there's not one person that will say, I'm not good enough. God can't save me. Jesus has done the work on the cross, but that, that, that won't do it. That, I'm just too bad. God, I pray, Lord, that you will change the mindset and the heart of that one that needs to come today. Lord, I know that this is a very straightforward invitation. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will use it to change lives. But if there are Christian men and women in this room today that are depending on their self, God, I pray, Lord, that you will raise that up in their heart and that today they will come and they will bow before you and seek the true place of refuge. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in these moments of invitation. And I pray that you use it for your will and your glory alone. In Jesus' name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.